Welcome to the Autistic Delicatessen. We are your host, Larnell and Onikagi. Our podcast provides a selection of stories from various food personalities in restaurants around the world. Every food tells a story. We are both on the autistic spectrum and love to share our love of food. So what way to express that is to find guests involved in the food industry and to talk about all things food and their stories. Today's guest is RJ from RJ's Food Rocks, a foodie YouTube channel. RJ's content provides various videos on recipes of food from around the world, and even foods based on Disney parks, creating the Disney magic in his kitchen. RJ also has a podcast called The Popsicle, which has a special guest each episode discussing all things pop culture. And right now, before we get into our conversation with RJ, Oni, has there been any places that have had food that seem like an interesting place? Yeah, a lot of places that I've found food that could be considered interesting is like local cafes. Some places can be a bit hit and miss, but other places it's like full on made right on the spot rather than prepackaged. The more mainstream cafes usually have prepackaged food, usually sourced elsewhere or whatever they do. But even then, I like comparing experiences from each and both and some really nice sandwiches I have received are from said local cafes. Unfortunately, I can't think of any in the top of my head at the moment since I've not been in a cafe for a long while due to this whole quarantine lockdown thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like, you know, what else can you do? It's like, you know, the really interesting part is like, hey, we got some leftover peanut butter and jelly at home. And <laughs> that, I do, I do. I do feel for all the local businesses. Hopefully, when this is all over, they can recover, and I will be visiting. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like there was certain churches in the past that would have cafes, like because I remember like at Calvary Chapel in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they had the grill, and after church service, you would go over there and they had like these very good foods. You know, I remember in the past, I used to have a hamburger that had an egg yolk on it, oh, and it tasted good. You know, so it was very interesting hmm. on that. And also, I never tried this, but when I was helping out December of last year, 2020, giving out pamphlets for this organization called Food for the Hungry during an acoustic Christmas concert of Stephen Curtis Chapman, a Christian singer. The place I was at in Orlando called Northland Church had an artisan cafe and they had coffee as well as they had different foods that you can purchase and buy even during the concert. So I thought it was interesting to have a big church and then have a cafe at the same time. So that's something that you really don't think about. Yeah. I was with someone a few years ago and they were involved in the church community and now and then they have like free lunches and a few times I've had their food and it's actually pretty good. I had the lasagna one time. It was quite nice. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, free food. I'm sold. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. That's good. So they had lasagna and did they have any sandwiches or anything else that you saw? Um, I think so, if I remember correctly. I was just basically a tag-along, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just nice to see a small local community serving food for the people because they want to and everyone's enjoying the food and stuff. And it was just for whoever and wherever, really. So, yeah. And that's an example of, like, mundane places of finding food because a lot of people think food has to be glamorous and all that. But no, um, some of the best experiences can be the smallest places, whether it's with family or a little community or even just a cafe you find randomly, you know. The memories go with you as well. 
Yes, yes. Unless the food is bad, and basically oh, the memories <laughs> go with you right there. So it's like, you yeah. remember that the memories come with you as well. Like, don't go there again. That food was crap. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Well, without further ado, folks, we are now going to get into our conversation with RJ of Food Rocks. So stay tuned. So RJ, welcome to the Autistic Delicatessen. Hi! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. No、uh, worries. <laughs> yes, it's no problem. So,、um, RJ, before we get into how you started Food Rocks, I saw one of your videos, one of your recent videos about the K-pop, you know,、um, pop band.、Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say band. I should say group, like girl group,、um, Black. Yeah,、Pink. yeah. And, yes,、um, Blackpink. Yes, Blackpink, and、um, you made the Blackpink ice cream. And honestly,、mm-hmm. I like the colors of the pink as well as the chocolate. I think it looked like chocolate syrup or something like that. I think it was like raspberry in that. So, what was one of the influences? Because you were mentioning in the video how you just stumbled onto Blackpink. Were you ever like a person that was into K-pop stuff? You know, because here in the U.S., well, obviously there's BTS. Also, I've heard Super M, which Super M sounds very,、mm. very good. You know, like K-pop has a very interesting sound. So how did you get connected with that? So yeah, K-pop was like something that I knew existed, but never like fully delved into it because I think like there's so much in K-pop. There's so many groups. There's so many different things that they give, like music videos and choreography dances and live performances. That I think like for the longest time I was just like, there's so much. I don't think I'm ready to like go full in. And in high school, I used to listen to a lot of Japanese pop because I like played Kingdom Hearts. So obviously, I like was obsessed with Utada Hikaru, and then was like obsessed with every song that she had. Okay.、Um, and so that was kind of like okay, I un- I understand that like there's like Asian pop that there's a big world that I can get into, and I just never did. And I think like because of the pandemic and like just you know being at home watching a lot of Netflix, I saw their documentary Light Up the Sky. And that like completely changed my mind, and just like, oh, I need to learn everything about them. I need to learn the world because it is really interesting, like how they create these K-pop groups and how the music is produced and all the different things that they have to do. So it really was that documentary that made me fall in love with the girls, and since then I've been like watching all of their music videos, watching all of their performances, like trying to retroactively be a Blackpink fan. And so that's why I wanted to make the ice cream because they have a song in their latest album called "Ice Cream" with Selena Gomez. That I was like, "What if I try to make a Blackpink ice cream?" So I took like a raspberry ice cream recipe, added dark chocolate in it, and it was kind of like my take on making it Blackpink. It's funny though because when I posted the picture, a lot of my friends were like, "That looks like ground beef." I'm like, "No, ground、oh, no. beef. What the heck? Ice cream. I promise. <laughs> that's not my brand. I I don't do that kind of like you know like." It, Back in the day, when people would like post like real food and you cut into it and it's cake, like I don't do,、yeah. I don't do the like fake outs. I I'm not smart enough to pull that <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> that's been trending on like TikTok and all that, and there's a lot、yeah. of a trickery. You were, you were saying like you got into J-pop in your teen years. That was the、mm-hmm. exact same. And I've also I knew about K-pop as well, but it、mm-hmm. wasn't as big as it is now. I was like, I'm like old. I like I like the older stuff, like Boa, maybe occasional Wonder Girls and things like、oh, that. I I was obsessed with the Wonder Girls. I would watch Nobody But You over and over again because I was I was obsessed with their outfits and their choreography. Ugh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like the precursors, basically. Yeah, exactly. Our forefathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Boa's like Beyonce at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> How did um, your channel, Food Rocks, came to be? So initially, I guess like I would call it like before the quarantine, pre-core. I worked at Disney. I was an Imagineer. So I was working in creating like new experiences, like new restaurants. Um, I was mostly working on Epcot and I worked on like a couple of restaurants. Like there was a Regal Eagle barbecue place that opened and I worked on the food and wine festival. And so I was always kind of like interested in theme park food. I always had like a love for it. And my husband and I actually ran a Disney podcast called the Dysfunctional Podcast. And when the quarantine hit and all of us were laid off, my husband still works there, but I was laid off and we both kind of like fell out of love with Disney, which is kind of sad, but we kind of felt like it was time to like stop the podcast because it didn't feel genuine when we try to like talk about Disney every, you know, every episode mm. and try to find something good to talk about it. And obviously there's still a lot of good, but I think it was just, you know, we were just kind of like in a place of we were still grieving. Um, but the thing that kept me going about Disney was like, okay, if I just focus on what I really do loved about, you know, going to theme parks and it was the food. Like when my friends come over and visit, most of the day is us just going from like place to place to eat. Um, I barely do any rides because I'm just like, no, I want a churro. Now I want a pretzel. Now I want, you know, a hot dog, a corn dog. So I was like, well, if I can't have that right now in the theme park, why don't I do it at home and then just see how it goes? And I made the first one. It was the Monte Cristo sandwich from Disneyland. And everyone had really good feedback on it. And it was really well received that I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do this. Like when I was little, I would pretend to talk to a camera when I was like making food. <laughs> <laughs> I've always like, and I was obsessed and I still am obsessed with Food Network and cooking shows. So I was like, you know, this is my way of kind of doing what I've always wanted to do. That's so awesome. yeah, so that's how it started. And it kind of like took a life of its own. And you know, now we are like 20 episodes in, I've kind of like loosened up. So if I don't have like a theme park recipe to recreate, I'll make like, you know, like the black pink ice cream, or I'll make like a famous international recipe. So now it's more about just like making it so food can be fun to make and fun to watch and you can have fun in the kitchen. And so that that's kind of the goal now for Food Rocks. And now, RJ, there's a very important question I really want to get to you on right here. So, here we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Trust me. This is a very important question. This will probably be one of the most important questions you ever hear on a podcast. I will. Yes, I will ever be asked. <laughs> yes. So this is on the fact of Walt's Chili. Now, I oh, saw... no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't worry. This is not an interrogation. <laughs> but, um, you know, I saw one of the videos about it and you said that you had a love for museum cafes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering with Walt's Chili, like you made that. And initially you said like Walt Disney is a person that has been very good at being creative with the theme park and all the other stuff in business. But when it comes to the chili, it's like, eh, don't go for the chili when you're over there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just want to know that, um, how was the first experience of you having Walt's chili and why did you want to promote Walt's chili as a chili that you want to make? 
So I remembered when we went to the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, they did have Walt's chili. And I remember it tasting very good. It's part like when I recreated the Walt's chili recipe, there were a lot of mistakes that I had made. Um, and I was like very candid about it. Like, look, I think I did this part wrong. I think I should have drained the beans instead of just left it soaking and cooked directly with the water that I soaked the beans in. Like the bean juice? Um, yeah, the bean oh, juice. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I think I was supposed to drain these. Or like, I should have just used canned beans. Like, I don't know why I tried to like make beans from, you know, dry kidney beans. I should have just made them from a can, nice. um, which is probably what they do in the cafe. But I really wanted to recreate it because it's like famously his favorite recipe. He loves this chili. And I wanted to do something that that time that I released it, it would have been his birthday. And so I wanted to try it. And I also like, I love chili. I really do. It's like one of the best things to make. You can just make it in a crock pot or your stove and you have food for like a week. I think like next time, if I were to ever like go back and recreate one of the things that I like have made a mistake on, it would probably be this and see if there are other recipes that are closer to the real thing. Because what I had was like what the Disney Parks blog um, shared. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know how authentic this is. I think this is just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like Walt grew up in Marceline, Missouri. And then he lived in Illinois and then, you know, he moved to California. And so it's like, do people of Missouri, I don't know, do people in Missouri and Illinois know chili or is chili more of like a Texas, like Southeast, Southwest food, you know? So yeah, well, that, well, that's kind of hard to say though, because I know for me, like living in the South, like living in Florida, I don't know how long you've been mm -hmm. living in Florida, RJ, but you know, chili at times would be a thing. I would just have regular chili you know, so I don't know how the whole origins of chili really came. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to know that, you know, you being such a Disney connoisseur, you knew about this fact about Walt Disney because you not only worked there, but I'm sure you've been a longtime fan of Disney, obviously. Yeah, I it helped to like my husband is a really big fan of Disney. And when we decided to, so we went to college together in Chicago and we decided to move to Orlando because he wanted to work for Disney. That's when we moved down here, that's kind of like my love for it evolved and grew. And, you know, just like learning little things. And it's funny because they really did make a lot of strides in like food that we don't think about. Like the way theme parks, like the way the Disney theme parks are built, they do a lot of like sponsorships with the different companies. So like they used to have like McDonald's sponsor French, like you could, you used to be able to buy McDonald's French fries. Oh, oh, oh really? Parks. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. You uh, can find McDonald's like right before you go to Space Mountain. It's like, hey, there's a McDonald's yeah, over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've just had like, a, you know, just like an expansive history of like different companies that they've worked with. And I also think like they've created their own culture. Like when you think of a churro, you think of eating it at a Disney park. Like there's only two places you can get corn dogs in Disneyland. One in each park and they're always like packed it's just like they've created such a big like culture behind it that i i always thought was really interesting and also like awesome because i love food so obviously that's what i always like loved about disney <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool though i am fascinated how the food culture in theme parks and i like theme park history in general i mean i, I watch channels like the bunkland and stuff like that mm -hmm, um yeah. disney obviously helped 
create what theme parks are today and as much yeah. as I can be anti-Disney with things <laughs> I know right exactly there's like I, 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 that, I can like... <laughs> that's how we are too like there are some stuff that we're just like oh no like why yeah. why are we doing this why are we doing that but it's like trying to find the stuff that I do connect with and love and just like okay I'm just gonna focus in on this like yeah. um. <laughs> the theme parks I can't deny I've not been to a Disney theme park I'd love to but travel and expenses of course right yeah <laughs> but I do love the culture of theme parks especially the Disney ones it's like even though I can be anti-Disney I still love to pose with Donald Duck come on <laughs> oh yeah I know that's the thing it's like you you know I I feel the same way every time I see like like when I see like Mulan I'm like ugh. I can't I cannot love her like look at her exactly. she's amazing uh it's just I love my rides um um mm-hmm. unfortunately I've not experienced much on food it's like I've been to Alton Towers once and most foods are like just uh, based, like I've... sponsorships and like is Alton Towers the one with the potato man do you know what I'm talking about potato man um there's like a theme sure. park I think it's an I hold on let me look this up Mr. No Swords. <laughs> Mr. Spud Potato Theme Park. Oh my God, what is it called? It sounds. Tato. Tato. Oh, Tato. That's Irish, if I remember correctly. Um, Tato tato crisps. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like a like he runs like he's a character that you meet, Mr. Tato. (laughs) See, that's just the thing. Like, yes, he's a walking potato. Oh my God! It's based on. It's based on like a a crisp, a type of like potato chips that you buy in yes. Ireland. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, it's a Irish. <laughs> yeah, that that, that that that's kind of interesting though, because the only potato I think of is like back in the days of Potato Head. If you're potato head. oh yes, yeah. basically around my he kind of looks age. like him. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like another, in some ways, Disney reference to Toy Story or something like that. Which yeah. I don't know if Toy Story ever had like their own theme restaurant although it would be interesting though but you know <laughs> toy story so our toy story here um in orlando toy story land in hollywood studios they are about to open a sit-down restaurant that's like barbecue oh really okay um, huh. yeah and it's supposed to be like oh my god what is his name the the prospector from the second movie <laughs> stinky pete oh stinky that's pete it, yeah. oh okay I think it's Dinky Pete themed, but there's also um like a small quick service restaurant called Woody's Lunchbox. What's your favorite Disney Park foods of all time? Oh man. Okay, here we go. So in Disneyland in California, I love their corn dog so much. I can't even recreate it because I feel like it is like top secret. There's no way like I've had the corn dogs here in Orlando. It's not the same. There's something about their corn dog that is just so good. And they're sold in a little place, in a little red wagon. That's what it's called, Little Red Wagon in Disneyland. And at California Adventure, their second park, it's sold at a place called Corn Dog Castle. And every time I go, that's the first thing I get. What I don't even care what time it is. I'm having a corn dog first thing I get there. That's probably one of my favorites. Here in Orlando in Disney World, I would have to say what's nice about the Orlando one is we are so big. There are also like resorts here and we have Disney Springs, which is like our expanded like shopping center. And there are a lot of awesome food in the Disney resorts too. Like at the Polynesian Village Resort, they have Thai coconut meatballs, which is so good. They have pulled pork nachos, like Aloha pulled pork nachos. Ah. Oh my God. They're so good. It's like pulled pork, cheese. 
And the crisps that they use, it's like a mixture of potato kettle chips and like wonton crisps. Oh, oh wonton crisps. Wow, is it, man, is, that's amazing. Now, when you, now, RJ, when you mean wonton crisp, this is like another way of saying chips because also, like, remember, Oni is also in our country. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's literally like, yeah, the wonton wrappers that they fry and then they like break up as chips. It's oh, okay, so interesting. Mm, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, yes. <laughs> Man, after this pandemic, maybe we should go by Disney. <laughs> I know. It's it's truly like everyone always says like you have to like have a specific appetite when you come to on vacation because it's like no diets allowed. You just eat everything. You're going to be walking around all day in a theme park anyway. Might as well just, you know, eat everything. <laughs> I think I personally would be overwhelmed because there would be so many choices. I have to plan in advance. If I don't, I'm just going to be like, yeah. I don't know what to eat. Yeah, I think what's nice, what's nice about the theme parks is that like, they are literally everywhere. So if you kind of like have hesitation of like, I need to eat everything or like, I don't know what to eat. A, go by your nose, like you will smell the food, like you'll smell the cinnamon almonds, or you'll smell the smell of popcorn. Like you could you just follow the scents and you'll oh, it'll God. get you to a food cart. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Because I know that feeling I was about to say with um, what Oni was talking about in terms of like, I don't know what to choose because I remember in the past I went to um, here in Tampa Bay, there was like a veg fest. And Ooh. even for me not being a vegan, I would think, okay, which food truck should I go to and really to decide? Like, you know, and, and I'm not a vegan. And it's like, oh, like these things seem good. It's like, I don't know what to choose yeah. from because I'm always a person that can be very conservative with my money to make sure I'm not spending yeah. it all. So, because yeah. most of the theme restaurants I've been to in the past have been at Universal more than Disney. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. If you're following your nose, you'll be floating like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I have been meaning to make Universal. I did the fried chicken from the Knott's Berry Farm Park. But I am due to make universal recipes too. Like they do their um their green eggs and ham at Seuss Landing, which is basically like green eggs and ham on tater tots. Oh really? Um, okay. And, I, I, yeah. I, I think I missed that because I've been to Universal in the past, so I really haven't been inside the Seuss Land stuff or the, the Seuss, Seuss Landing area. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of color. I can <laughs> you walk in there like, whoa, my eyes need a break. <laughs> nice color so though. Nice color though, because look, I, I yeah. grew up on Dr. Seuss stuff. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, they do that. They do the pizza fries um, during Halloween time, um, which is like their goosebumps, not goosebumps, Ghostbusters uh, reference, uh, and cute. they're like their Harry Potter world. So like at Diagon Alley, they have their own Florian and Fortescue's ice cream. And and they have like a clotted cream ice cream, which is so good. Oh, my God. Uh, it's my okay, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting that you know about Universal, RJ, because at first I was thinking I wasn't sure because you talk so much about Disney along with your husband. So I don't know if it's going to be like mm -hmm. a whole jealousy thing, a competition between <laughs> Disney versus Universal. It's like, I don't know if we should talk about that. So it's like, no, yeah. I think like because I worked in like, you know, the design aspect of it, competition is always healthy. You always want to try and like know what your competition is doing because you always want to like be 
better and you always want to like give a better product but at the end of the day like all of the fans that go into theme park design and the people who are invested in theme parks they love the whole industry you know they have an appreciation for all the different theme parks I think when we first got here, there was a little bit of animosity that we felt about like people being like, oh, I don't go to Universal. Oh, I just like Disney. But then it's like, why? Why? There's no point. <laughs> you can I have agree. all of these things. You can enjoy everything. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, totally. I agree. It's like every theme park, whether it's uh, your small local one or a huge one mm -hmm. like Universal or Disney, they're all different. I mean, I've not been to huge ones except for Alton Towers in the UK. But I've also mm -hmm. been to a smaller one, uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach as well. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty small, but I enjoy it because they have a uh, really good roller coaster. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we've been meaning to go to Alton Towers. We went to Disneyland Paris for the first time like two years ago. And nice. It was amazing. But yeah, when we were there, we were like, you know, we could do a trip in Europe just to do the different because a friend of mine actually did it. He did like two weeks in Europe and he would just go to different um, theme parks. So he went to like Europa Park. He went to Efteling Park. It's in the Netherlands. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. There's just like Tivoli Gardens is another one that we would love to go to. Like there's just a bunch in Europe that now that we've kind of like, you know, we don't work at Disney anymore and um, mm. we're actually moving from Orlando to Chicago um, ah. this year. So it feels like we can finally be like, we can travel, we can explore other theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> then, that freedom, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and to continue the food still. And um, Oh, yeah. Yes. Of course. Do you have a favorite drink that's theme park inspired or when you went to Disney you liked whether it's a museum cafe or any place around there <laughs> yeah I um first of all I'm just so happy that you talked about museum cafes because it's truly one of my weird things that I love that no one understands and I don't know why I love it so much but I do I love museum cafes I don't care if all the food is pre-packed it's so cute it's a <laughs> lovely experience I love I, it um I I agree. <laughs> I, I, I actually agree with your mind frame with museum cafes. I've not been to many, but mm -hmm. it's always a different experience, whether it's yeah. some places look really nice. And even if the food's not as great, some places can, some places uh, miss. It's just it's just a fun experience. And it's kind yeah. of like a souvenir in itself. So. It is. It <laughs> it's is. It's like a continual like... gift shop. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's but exactly better. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but drinks, so in Disneyland, they do a version of the mint julep, which like a mint julep is a cocktail, but the way they do it, it's not. It's just like a sweetened drink that anyone can get. Um, so that's one of my favorites. For alcohol, like the Trader Sam's Tiki Bar, both at Disneyland and here at Disney World, they make the best tiki drinks. Like, it's so good. They have one called a spiky pineapple, which is essentially a Dole Whip like the Dole Whip, um, like pineapple, like freeze that they serve in the parks. But at Trader Sam's, they have it like mixed with rum. Ah, so it's okay. like a, a, a spiky little like fruit slushy. It's really good. Oh, fruit slushy. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Anything with alcohol that's like a fruit slushy is like, huh? Mm, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I know. Because you don't even taste the, you know, you don't even taste the alcohol. And then next thing you know, you're two spiky pineapples in and you. Gotta call an Uber <laughs> home. <laughs> uh. Way! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How should we find you on social media in terms of even your podcast, The Popsicle? 
You can find me at RJ Food Rocks on all of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube, RJ Food Rocks. And yes, I just started a new podcast called The Popsicle, where a friend and I talk about what's new in pop culture every week. And you can find that on The Ampliverse, and that's on The Ampliverse on YouTube, Twitter, and on Instagram. Well, RJ, we would just like to thank you for being on here on the Autistic Delicatessen and basically just sharing with us and the audience all about really good theme park food items as well as food dishes and drinks, along with really good ones that you can find at the museum cafes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to talk about my foods and K-pop and museums. (laughs) It's nice to talk about it sometimes. And that was RJ of Food Rocks as our guest here on the Autistic Delicatessen. So, Oni, what did you think about that conversation? I thought it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking about theme park things. It's been refreshing because I yeah. watch like theme park stuff on YouTube and roller coaster stuff. Not so much on food, unfortunately. I need to look more into that because I do like how RJ shows recreations of Disney foods and really fun to watch. <laughs> And isn't it interesting to where even when we talked about Walt's Chili, how we were able to get into museum cafes and Mm. along with the theme park stuff, because these are things that when you go to theme parks or museum cafes, you really don't think much about. Uh, It's funny that because people usually put food to a high standard and think about Food Network, Gourmet and all that. But sometimes the best food is from like the smaller places or the more theme park scenarios and stuff. And even if the food's not the highest quality. It could be part of the experience, like a souvenir. It creates memories and says some of the most unhealthy things can be the tastiest sometimes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure for you guys, corn dogs, we don't really do like corn dogs that here. So I (laughs) can't really see the hype because I've not really personally tried it. Or maybe I have, I can't remember. But hot dogs are good though. (laughs) Yeah, because really, really fun. Because really funny enough, Oni, the last time I heard about corn dogs, they would usually be like carnival food type stuff. It would be like carnival or something or a fair, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) For us, we have like like, local carnival things or we call them like fun fairs or the shows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And usually it's just like makeshift food truck places like Chinese noodles or maybe hot dogs and things like that, candy floss. Just small things like that, but not as grand as like Disney Park foods or anything like that, like or things like pizza and that. It just depends on where you go, really. But yeah. just so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, from the conversation, was there a certain food that RJ talked about that stood out for you or even like a mentioning at some of the like theme park places? Just, uh, I think the nachos, the nachos with the wonton chips and with cheese and all that. Yeah, that yeah. sounded amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Polynesian stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that sounds like my indulgent thing because sometimes when I go somewhere and I don't want to spend too much money on food and if I'm going with my partner, we just get like nachos because we share it and (laughs) share (laughs) food and it fills us up for a wee bit. Some places we had nachos were great, others, um, hit and miss. It's always fun (laughs) comparing the nachos with different places. (laughs) There's a budget way. (laughs) So, So would it be more about the cheese or would it be more about the taste of the nachos at times? 
I think it could just be how it's uh, made. Sometimes they don't heat the cheese up very well or they use the wrong kind of cheese, like cheddar. You should use a mixture of cheddar and mozzarella to mix better because if you just use cheddar, it can clump up. And unless you have like prepackaged cheese that has like a bit of like cornflour, I think. Don't quote me on that. It's definitely something similar to that. <laughs> it just depends. Some places go fancy and add jalapenos and all that and have like salsa and everything and it's just like bang like a huge mess but amazing natural a huge mess yeah (laughs) that's something right there yeah well i hope you all enjoyed this episode if you want to hear more of our podcast episodes or even check out our youtube visual episodes you can go on to the autistic dog co. that's c-a-r-r-d.co awesome And also, too, our producer, Bat Sauce, has a current project out called Stone Giant. So please check that out at fullplate.bandcamp.com. If you want to check out any more of his music, you can go on to batsauce.bandcamp.com. Because during these times of COVID, it's always good to support talented artists. Do you agree, Oni? I totally agree. I support quite a few local artists, well, independent artists from Bandcamp. And I believe that during these times of quarantine, it's good to help people out that really need it. And also you get something in return, which is good music. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because right now there's plenty of time to do that. <laughs> so it's like, totally. that's the good part. So, yeah. Until next time. What you eat and what you drink is your story.